vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta Okay, welcome guys, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, I'm here with Cheryl. Um, some of you may know her from Instagram, but we're just going to go through a few different things um, with regards to the importance of a gaining phase. In particular, like we'll try and cover all bases, but in particular for females, I think this is something they really struggle with. Guys don't struggle with a gaining phase as much. Um, I'll, kind of, I'll maybe touch on a few topics with that. Um, but I thought I'd bring Cheryl on because kind of you've been through this, you deal with a lot of clients that, that deal with this, as do I, but thought we'd get a female's perspective on it. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. And also, this is something that I've, I've kind of wanted to get, as I said, like a bit of a, a female's perspective on it, because as much as I deal with majority of females, to be honest, um, you, you know how they think more than, more than I do. Uh, how they feel and stuff so I thought well who, who better to get on so do you want to actually give the, the listeners and the viewers or whatever a, a kind of kind of overview of who you are how you get into the industry what you're doing right now and kind of your experience of, of it yeah absolutely so um yeah you probably know me better on Instagram Cheryl underscore the Glasgow PT so I've been PT now for just coming up to a year um, so it's been a very, very, very quick year. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. A lot's happened in the space of a year, um, which I'm very grateful for. But it uh, wasn't always my plan to become a PT. I'm 29, so I got to the age of just turned 28 before I even decided to do this. So I did start a wee bit kind of later than most people do. But basically, I've just always went from job to job, not really loving what I've been doing. Um, always loved training but I've always you know people always say to me why don't you just do your PT and I, even at 26 or 25 I was like now nah, I'm too old like people you get PTs now that are 20 21 years old like I'm kind of past that um so I never ever I never considered it as an actual career and then lockdown hit um so I was working from home and my office well from my office job and um Chrissy's business was sorry Chrissy's um, my boyfriend who is a Glasgow PT been a PT for a long time and he was doing really, really well through lockdown um, and he kind of needed help. So I started helping him with wee bits and pieces here and there. And we just made the agreement for me to do my PT course, which was all done online. So absolute perfect opportunity to sit and do that through lockdown. So that's exactly what I've done. Um, within a matter of three months, I was a qualified PT. Um, and then within another couple of months, we went to look at units, opened up our own gym. So it happened very quickly. Before I knew I was qualified and I was a gym owner without having any experience in a gym floor. So it was very, very scary, but it's been absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, basically got to a bit of a crossroads in my life with, you know, thinking I was too old to do something that I loved. Um, I didn't like my job, but took that kind of leap of faith and eventually um, made the move into PTing. So me and Chris now PT together at our own gym. Um, and kind of for me, myself, I've been training for like the last kind of four or five years. Um, went from an a, a, you know kind of beginner level to where I am now. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on this later on in uh, the chat. But went through a couple of bulking phases and muscle gaining phases. Went through a couple of diets. Now train my own clients that go through similar kind of things. So I feel like as a female PT, I have kind of touched base on most things that people are looking for. So I do feel like um, um I've got you know somewhat experience in that. So. 
yeah, um, first of all the year and um, I absolutely love what I do and I'm, I'm gutted that I waited so long to do it, but um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to what, I, what else me and Chris can do together. So yeah, that's basically in a nutshell what's happened over the last year. Yeah, I think I think um, obviously it's interesting because obviously everyone I get on here, uh, everyone has a different story. Yeah. Um, but like I think with regards to like you're saying you got in late to the industry and things, I think sometimes like although you see people are, like 18, 20, 21, uh, and I was actually speaking to Chris the other day about about this in terms of like giving people life advice and all that. See when you actually build up your own kind of life advice you probably because the majority of your clients not all of them but the majority of them are going to be most likely over 25 and things and like yeah. you can start to really resonate with them um, and probably get better results from them because of that um, yeah. and I think probably that is something that because if someone asked me I imagine you had the even when it was obviously I opened the gym years ago um, I probably wasn't ready to open a gym and give advice to people, but now I, like, I feel as if that's molded me into the coach that I am today. So I don't really regret it, but if I had the, the knowledge, everyone's like, if I had the knowledge of, yeah. of how I used to, but that's what I guess life advice is or life experiences. So, so yeah, Definitely. you've obviously gained that. Definitely. I think um, Chris, Chris always kind of touches on it. He always says how, not shocked or surprised, but he always does kind of, um, tell me how proud he is of me for how well I've done a year into it and I don't really I have nothing to compare it to Chris was a PT who was like 24 years old and he's been a PT for the last six seven years but um, I think for me it is that it's that I'm a female and I'm 29 I've got a good bit you know a bit of life experience behind me and I deal with girls that are very similar to me so it's not even about my experience in being a PT it's I've got experience in being a, a female of a certain age so I can then really resonate with a lot of the girls that come on board. 99% of our clients are female. So I think that's what it is. I think, um, you know, Chris has always done really well and he's always trained mostly females as well. But just having me in the team, I think it's that whole thing of like talking to a girl about something is completely different from talking to a guy about something. So I thought, I think I've kind of brought that um, to the Glasgow PT team almost. So yeah, even, you know, I always think that I miss out and working on a gym floor not doing the 40 hour a week PT thing and doing spin classes at six o'clock in the morning and stuff and I guess there's an element of that um, but I think just having my own life experience and learning to train on my own and going through these kind of different phases myself I think that's given me enough experience to be able to do well with my own clients as well so yeah it's worked out well so far anyway no complaints so far so <laughs> yeah and I think I think because obviously you've been through that like it is a long process like and it never really finishes does it like going through going through a gaining phase because you go through gaining phases and, and then you cut down and 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 so on and so forth and yeah. which kind of brings brings me to my next point like why a lot of people don't want to do it is because of the length of it a lot of the time um and people as you'll see if you're if you're watching this versus just listening to us you'll see something on screen that says uh, biggest hurdle when people want to bite the bullet or don't want to bite the bullet um why people might not want to do it and it usually is the length of it but also like when you go into a gaining phase um it's usually when you're leaner and you feel a bit better about yourself and um, that's the optimal time to do it I wouldn't go doing it when you're already feeling as if um you want to lose weight like that is something that I think maybe a lot of guys in particular do and um, not so much females um but in terms of from a female's perspective, they, they get leaner and then uh, they think, right, well, uh, where, where's next? 
And yeah. I think that's why a lot of females don't do it because they're like, I don't have that same level of pain to when I first started. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. It's fat loss and muscle gain, are, you know, it's, they're two totally different things. And someone that's very new to the gym, um, very new to weight training and has maybe never stuck to a diet for longer than two weeks, they, they're, the, they're the type of person that could lose fat and gain muscle at the same time. Um, because it's new stimulus to the muscle, but they're still losing fat because they're dieting, you know, they're getting more steps in, more cardio. So that's the ideal person that can do both. But after you've been through an initial fat loss phase, where's where's what's next? Like, what do you do next? Do you just stay in that dieting phase the whole life? Do you just stay there? But, you know, who, if people that usually don't want to do it, like you said, is because they're thinking, I've just spent this time losing fat. Why would I then want to go and, you know, spend even longer? With, with the possibility of gaining a wee bit of fat when I've just took all this time to lose the fat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it starts off with the right mindset, I suppose, rather than just thinking of going to gain weight. They need to have a, a purpose to do it. They need to have a real reason of why they want to do it. And that's difficult for someone that's initially went through a fat loss phase, I'm sure. Um, they can't think of anything worse than going back into a, a stage of where they might potentially gain weight again. So it definitely has to start with in your mind you need to be focused and you need to get in that right mind frame of right I need to do this before you even consider you know thinking of increasing calories and stuff like that um you need to have a real good reason of why you want to do it it, it sounds it does definitely sound until you've done it and that's why you would need to really have a coach that you trust because like until you've done it you, you think I've just came from these calories and these calories made me this weight which I wasn't comfortable with so why would they go back up the way and I think that's the thing that people need to compute or um, frame in their head in the right way because otherwise they're like it just sounds so counterproductive yeah. um, and that's a real thing that I struggle with my clients when I try and bring their calories back up and explain to them about kind of just their body becoming more efficient and your, your training with purpose before maybe when they were eating that amount of calories they actually probably weren't they were eating maybe double it without even kind of realizing that sort of thing so I, I guess if we rewind a few stages I was going to kind of speak about the different stages between kind of so if you're listening to this you'll be able to understand right where at what stage am I at and then you can see the kind of um the trend and, and where you would want to go and maybe where you might get stuck a lot of people will get stuck at like stage two um, some people get stuck at stage one, just the initial losing the weight in the first place. Obviously, if this is talking about gaining, um, then a lot of the time, if people do get to stage two in terms of losing weight, that will be where they might kind of fall fall, um, fall away. So I kind of just want to go through all the stages. So this first stage um, is the initial stage of just sense of awareness around calories and stuff like that and kind of going through the kind of diet and the fads and and that sort of stuff and that kind of diet forever culture and people just kind of I'm on it I'm off it I'm on it I'm off it I'm on it and off it do you have a lot of experience with initially when people first come to you with that yeah 100% again probably about 90% of the clients that we take on um, initially I want to lose fat um, so you know the first thing you're trying to teach someone is how to actually track calories and what calories are most people that come in the door you know some will say you know I've been tracking calories but it's not working um, and it's that whole thing of they're probably tracking calories like half the time but yeah they need to they first of all need to learn what calories actually look like what, what does that mean you know you need to really break that down to someone you can't just you know give them a calorie target and go there you go you'll lose fat on that it's trying to get through to someone how to be able to live a normal life and still be able to lose weight so yeah it's trying 
to really have that conversation with someone to be like, right, this is the stage you're at, and this is where you want to get to before you even think about, you know, building muscle or your kind of next stage. Um, a lot of people will say to us, you know, I want to kind of tone up, i.e. build muscle, I want to lose fat as well. So the one kind of all this, these things at the one time, but the first stage for anyone, for me, is just getting them to eat better, move their body more. That's the first thing for everyone that comes through the door is you need to learn how to control um, what you're putting into your body and what you're, you know, what you're doing out with that as well. So that's always got to be the first stage, definitely. Yeah. And I think the big thing with the, the, the stage one, because this kind of leads on to stage two as, as an actual successful diet. So you do get down to the, the way the big thing about stage one is that you end up like if you do get the, the result you're looking for, it's not always, oh, it's not always the result. You're looking, it might be something that you've, you've followed and you've, you've, cause you can get results the wrong way, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of people go stage one and then you go back to stage one and they're just constantly, and that's why I've said kind of forever diet because they've never actually approached it from a lifestyle perspective. And then if something's maybe tripped them up or whatever, it's it's kind of, especially like in our culture, it's all about living for the weekend and stuff. So I think until until that's addressed and even not exactly taken away, but until it's addressed in terms of being able to manipulate things, manipulate is maybe the wrong word, but adjust things, so that yep. people can kind of adhere to the calorie intake or thereabouts um, and still have a drink and still have it, do all the things that they want, but obviously within reason. Um, so I think it's just about having the goal of a diet being a short-term thing. And people a lot of time can't compute that, especially a lot of my clients that, that have been, that feel as if they've been dieting for 15 years plus, um, like on and off, that if yeah. I was to say to them, right, and they kind of, with kind of term of 90 days or whatever it's possible to lose x amount i kind of steer away from that now but at the same time you make so much progress in that short space of time in terms yeah. of the actual diet so sometimes people view the diet i think as being something that should be really sustainable over a really long period of time was i've kind of got two stances on that I understand it should be but at the same time maybe you just want to get it out of the way and you want to kind of push yourself what's your view on that so I mean a lot of people again come come to us and they've probably tried loads of different diets in the past and it's like you said it's it's not sustainable because it's usually a quick fix diet you know we get a lot of kind of ex-weight watchers people and um, people that's tried you know just plus or whatever it may be and they do lose weight like they they do they, they always say you know I did make really good progress but I couldn't keep it off couldn't keep the weight off um, so my take on it is that it does have to be a lifestyle thing. It does. It might have to be a small journey. It does have to. It's probably going to take longer because we're not going to, you know, you could be on two thousand calories just now. We're not going to diet you on a thousand calories. We're not going to make you, you know, really restrictive. Yes, as a part of that, you're you are dieting still, so you are going to be hungry. You are going to be eating less calories, but it does have to be drilled into them that it's not going to be a four week or a six week thing. Yes, of course, progress can still be made in that time, but it does need to be looked at as a lifestyle change. It does, because if they're in that mindset of, right, I've got six weeks here to lose X amount of weight, and it is possible. It's just it's just been like kind of picky with how you say that to people, because if they fixate on that, they're always going to be in that mindset of a six-week or a four-week diet. So when people come on board with us, it is, yeah, it's minimum 90 days. But what I say to people is that you, you can't sign up and expect that at the end of the 90 days, that that's the end. That is 
just the beginning that's us just scratch the surface so you need to be you need to have an open mind and to you know this has to be long term um, and I think that's scary for people a lot of people do want to see changes quickly and as much as it will happen but I try and not make that the reason of why they're signing up with us and that you know we will get your results in 90 days yeah we will um, if you stick to your diet and you do the things that we're asking you to do but you can't have that mindset of a 90 day thing or a six week thing it does take time and if you want to change how you kind of love your life I guess and how you you kind of see yourself in the mirror and you want to be happier then you need to look at it as an absolute lifestyle change it's not a quick fix at all um, and we do still get that a lot you know we still get asked the question of how long does it take how long how long will it take for me to lose a stone and it's trying to change our mindset if someone's so difficult especially weight watchers people and stuff as well that's being used to you know weighing yourself every Tuesday morning and if they've gained a pound or lost a pound it's you know celebrated but it's not so for us it's really trying to change that mindset of a person going into a dieting phase and um, getting them to focus on other stuff than just a diet you know getting them to focus on you know uh, they've learned a new exercise that week if they're new to weight training if they're not new to weight training did you get a PB in the gym that week you know don't, don't just put all your focus on the just stick to your calories today because that is what then leads into kind of bad habits as well. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because that's the that's the only kind of worth almost that that people place on what they're doing versus just uh, focusing on like obviously you need to you need to track your calories to yeah. lose weight. You don't necessarily need to, but most people do in order to bring a bit of awareness to it. I think yeah. a lot of time, let's say uh, you were finally successful. Um, I think it's about like obviously let's say for instance you you have like that and this is where i frame it the minimum i work with anyone now and anyone will know if it works for me now is a minimum of six months and that's explained and that's because um then that 90 days what i had found is people thought that because they'd had the fat loss result they're like cheers sylvester thanks for that see you later and then i was like i was like i was like i'm doing them a disservice if i don't frame this properly to them because the the minimum after that, we're going to be taking you potentially, depending on your goals, like away from my fitness balance stuff, start to look at giving you like a wee bit more kind of lifestyle, be able to kind of eat more intuitively, enjoy things a wee bit more, that sort of thing. So you build up a better relationship with it all. Whereas yeah. I guarantee you there'll be a huge rebound if you if you're fixate, as you said, on that nine, 90 days or whatever kind of you, you've set your kind of fat loss goal to be. So I think it's just about having that kind of root out, even if your diet is successful, that's the start, not the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um you do get a we will have clients that will, you know, um at the end of the 90 days, they'll be like, how do I stay on? What do I do next? And that's great. That's exactly what we want to hear. We would never, you know, at the end of the 90 days even say to a client, like, that's you done, what do you want to do? It's like, right, what's the next step? Um, but we do of course get clients, I'm sure that you do yourself at the end of that 90 days or the six months that leave. And then someone come back and they're like, oh, I couldn't do it on my own. I didn't, you know, I, I had nowhere to go. Um, and I think a lot of people might be in that mindset of, right, I've got this plan for 90 days. That's me got it now. That's going to work for me forever. And that couldn't follow for the truth. There's so many more changes after that. It's like the, the diet and the, the stage we were talking about a minute ago. Um, you know, if you're on a diet of 1,600 calories, that's not going to work forever. So things need to change along the way. And that's where having a coach to take you through that process is going to, taking a lot of thinking out of it for them um, just having someone else there to kind of guide them through it you know we're the meant to be the professionals and know we're qualified um, yeah. so yeah that kind of 90 day or six month mindset um, 
yeah, it has to. They have to see that as this is just a start. Um, so I think you're right in what you're saying. It's almost like doing them a disservice by saying, in this amount of time, this is it. Um, really, people need a year. People need longer than a year. People have been training for years and still, you know, still want to see changes and still make, you know, progress two or three years down the line. Gets harder than, you know, the years go on. But people need help for longer than six months to do. Um, yeah. And it's just what it terms of that for people. I think they think, you know, they've got all the tools now. They can go and use them on their own. And very, very rarely does that happen. So, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's the hard thing. I think probably what a lot of people do. And like I try and kind of get this from the get go is like, see, obviously, if you financially invest in something, you're like, right, you've kind of framed it in your head. I'm investing for three months, six months, um, whatever it is. And then you think, okay, great. I've got an extra couple of hundred quid or whatever it is in my, yeah. in my, in my bank um, now to kind of go away and live my life. But there's a reason why, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you just said, like, I've got, I've got my own coach um, and you've got your own coach and yeah. knowledge, just because they're now knowledgeable about how to do a lot of stuff doesn't necessarily mean that that is the be all and end all. There's so many more facets to it. Um, and it's usually just having that second perspective, second opinion out with your family, out with your friends. Yeah. Um, and they can be unbiased about it. So um, set goals and like you're always going to be striving towards something else. I guarantee you might have a couple of weeks where you might feel great and then you'll be yeah. like, right, what's next? Yeah, that's it. Things slowly and truly might start to change again. And it's that it's like you just said, it's having that other goal. You need someone to sit down with and keep you accountable to your goals. That, that's the main thing. It's not that we're going to give you all these fancy new plans. And, you know, training's, training plans are training plans. Of course, they're going to change along the way. But it's accountability factor. It's why you've got a coach. It's why I've got a coach. Um, we are coaches ourselves. But having someone else there and another set of eyes, um, that is what's going to get you to the next level, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I think, so as I said, in terms of like, um having like when people do get that result i think just having a bit of a plan once you get to where you're feeling a bit more comfortable you're feeling relatively lean in things um just having a plan back out the way in terms of increasing calories and just a bit of a structure so that you can kind of preempt in your head obviously that plan will change but i think just framing it to the client as well that that this this is the rough idea of what we're going to be looking for what to expect and they know that right, okay, well, if, if I actually trust this plan and I trust this p- process, that'll maybe give them a wee bit more peace of mind. And as we start to increase calories, explaining to people that, well, see, now that you've been trying to be in a deficit for so long, you, your body will regulate more to these, these higher calories, especially when you start pushing more in the gym and you're, you're able to, you've got you've get these calories to facilitate that. Um, and it'll mean that even if we're around maintenance at the, the start of it, you'll be able to potentially have a couple of more drinks and there's positives to it as well, just increasing calories and not staying in that deficit. Um, and I think it's just framing that, sometimes just framing it in people's heads um, is the first step rather than saying like, here's your here's your plan. Sometimes just framing that plan so that people can see, right, okay, well, that's why we're doing that. Not We're not just increasing calories for the sake of it. Yeah, exactly. It has to, absolutely has to be explained to someone why you do that. Um, I had a client the other day, um, she'd done her check-in and assessed her about increasing calories and um, she has been in a deficit the, the whole time and her first reply was, won't I just gain weight? Um, and that, that's, that's an absolute fine question because she's none the wiser, you know, we've, we've spoken about when she first joined about her building muscle and stuff, but she wanted to lose a wee bit of fat first. 
Um, so she's happy where she's at now. So we're speaking about, you know, the next the next step. So that has to be explained to someone. It's not just a case of, like, you're on 1,600 calories. Let's go to, you know, 1,800 calories now. On you go, get on with it. it ha they need to know why they're doing that. They need to know the result of increasing their calories. You know, they, like you just said, that your body will regulate to those 1,600 calories and you'll no longer lose weight on that anymore. The, the absolute ideal position to be in is still being able to diet on high calories and still being able to lose fat on high calories. And the reason that happens is because you build, you build muscle, you then you know come out of dieting phase and go to maintenance or a slight surplus. It's very slowly as well. It's not a case of you know going from 1,600 to 2,500 calories. Very slowly and controlled and there's a structure to it as well. Um, and you will start to build muscle. The more muscle mass that your body has, the more calories you actually burn just by being alive, by breathing, by walking, by you know surviving. You are burning calories more than someone that's got less muscle mass. So why would you not want to get to a stage in your life where you can eat higher calories? You know you're going to be stronger in the gym, and you're still going to burn calories as well at the same time. So that has to be, you know, there's a wee bit more to it than that. But that's put it kind of simply. That needs to be, you know, explained to someone that's absolutely new to this. All they know is I need to lose fat, so I need to diet. That's the, probably the mindset they've been in the whole time they've been trying to lose fat. Um, but once they've went through that initial initial stage, that's where they need to, you know, that's the next step for them. It's not been on a diet forever and, you know, just staying in a calorie deficit your whole life because you will plateau at some point. Um, so you need that, you need a goal, you need, to, you need to keep it exciting as well. Yeah. And I think, do you know what people... People trust coaches, right? But sometimes I know for a fact when I say something to a client, they're still apprehensive until they actually yeah. experience it. Yeah, so definitely. allowing that kind of slow process up the way will allow them to go, I'm eating 2,000 calories now yeah. and I'm not back to where I was. And that, yeah. build, that builds up trust within themselves and what they're doing in the process as well if they're sticking to that. And But I think the issue is, as we said, like a lot of time there is a rebound that people are like, oh, I... I don't want to increase my calories deliberately. But if you look back at the previous attempts, they have increased their calories. It might not be deliberately. It's just the fact that they thought, right, well, I'm I'm fit now. I can do what I want. And then before yeah. they know it, you can't press save in your, your body and then you end up gaining back the weight. And it's just just the way it is. So having that plan is so, so actually probably more important than, than getting there because you don't have that same level of pain. And then before you know it, you're like, back to that level where you were if you didn't have yeah. that plan yeah yeah totally definitely and it is it's, it's got to be well structured as well you have to you know it's it's having that long-term goal um but yeah it's having also having a, a bit of a maybe an uncomfortable conversation for some people like we're going to go on to next accepting uh, accepting the bulk um it's you know getting someone in the right frame of mind before we actually think about going into a surplus because it is a lot of kind of mindset change you're not any longer, you know, waking up in the mirror and looking for abs. That goes out the window. So, but yeah, we'll come on to that next. Yeah. And I think, um, so before we go on to like accepting the bulk in terms of like knowing that your body's going to change and all that sort of stuff, like with, with this side of things, like from a, from a female's, both a female's and a guy's perspective, but I'll, I'll ask you the kind of, from a female's perspective, like, so when, like when you have that confidence then to, to kind of increase your weights and stuff because you have those calories there in order to get stronger and things like that as well do you feel that physique aside that that in itself is quite empowering 
see for me that's that's got to be the biggest driving force that's got to be the thing that you focus on um going through a bulking phase is a very long-winded process very um and so that's what's frightening but so you know so then you what have you got to focus on yeah you want to grow muscle but that takes such a long time what's going to come quicker is your strength in the gym what's going to come quicker is you feeling stronger having more energy so you you know getting pbs on a, a heavy deadlift or a heavy squat that has got that's the thing that i tell my clients to focus on the most it's not you know looking in the mirror and going if my biceps got bigger yet because that takes a long time so there's got to be something else there that excites you there's got to be something else there that makes you want to keep going so for me that is the main thing it's got to be i, I got a pb today i touched a new weight that i've never lifted in my life and you know that's it's working then because you've never been able to do that in a dieting phase yet you can still get stronger and you can still you know like we spoke about before build a bit of muscle if you're if you're new to the gym and while you're dieting but on higher calories you know that's when you know it's working you're in the gym you feel strong feel stronger than you ever felt so that has absolutely for me got to be the number one thing that you do focus on it takes the thinking away from I'm I'm bloated today you know I'm, I'm getting a bit bigger um, I feel a wee bit fluffier um, so it's got to be something that's exciting and the the only thing really is of course the increase in food which starts off exciting doesn't get as exciting on the way down but um, that's for me definitely got to be the biggest thing yeah uh, that's actually that's, that's a good point uh, with the increasing of food like I, whenever I done my first bulk I, I, I remember like this is probably too like I done this probably too much I remember and this is probably why I've got uh, an intolerance to dairy now I used to I, I was I was like 16 and a half stone or something when I was at, when I was at uni um and I remember you know those you know you go into Aldi or Lidl you get those like kilogram tubs of like Greek yogurt so I used to get one of them and I used to pour <laughs> I used to pour berries and honey in that and I used to have that for like like a mid-afternoon snack <laughs> and it was just like ridiculous stuff so I think it it's about realizing that a bulk should not be it shouldn't be like that you learn from your mistakes it shouldn't be like that because you will just get you'll gain a bit of muscle and strength and that yeah. but like you you will just gain loads and loads and loads of unneeded body fat so yeah. a bulk which is why I put the word bulky but I really meant to say gaining phase because bulk sounds like something bulky it's like this like a gaining yeah. phase is something where you're trying to gradually it minimize to almost to almost zero um the amount of body fat that you're gaining and gaining kind of lean tissue lean muscle mass so when people um females in particular talk about that toned look that's what that is you either gain yeah. muscle or you lose it you don't tone the muscle so um yeah. and you gain fat and you lose fat so i think it's just having that in your head that okay well i might have to gain a little bit of body fat but if i can minimize that as much as possible you'll barely even notice it probably you'll actually look better because you'll have more shape to you and stuff as well so yeah. i think it's just about that and as soon as you welcome that and you'll see on screen the guy will open arms as soon as you welcome it will open arms that's when you really start to get a lot of, a lot better um progress with regards to kind of what you're doing and you, you give give yourself a bit more purpose i think yeah yeah i, to I totally agree um just touching on what you said there about that food quickly it's funny because um that's one of my meals every day is the greek yogurt the berries the honey not, um, not, not that, a kilogram <laughs> it's not a kilo no it's like 300 grams but that is one of my meals that i have um it's got like granola in it as well and it's that's the one meal at the end of my day where i'm like 
forcing it down as well. So it's yeah. funny you mentioned that, but yeah, you know, um, I, I totally agree. It's, it's I, I say this to all of my clients, it's the mindset first. It's not, let's not even think about increasing calories yet. Let's not even think about that you might gain a bit of fat. They're going to gain a bit of weight. Let's get yourself in a, a good mindset first of here's things we're going to look forward to. You know, we're not dieting anymore. That's something to celebrate. Uh, that You know, that's who wants to diet forever? If you get to a stage in your life where you no longer have to diet, that ha- absolutely has to be celebrated. In a world where fat loss is the main subject, you know, talking about muscle gain is it's not as talked about as fat loss, let's be honest. Most, you know, most people that probably come to you and come to me want to lose fat first. So if you're at a stage in your life where you no longer have to lose fat and you can then go into higher calories, celebrate that. That's like that's a good, that's a good, you know, place to be. Um, so it's trying to change someone's mindset into that. And I suppose that's our job to do that. Um, we've both been through it as well. And as a coach, I'm sure most people probably have. Um, so it's, you know, trying to kind of just resonate with someone and come down to their level a bit and be like, look, I've done this. This is this is exciting. Let's not look at it as, you know, shit, I'm on higher calories, I'm going to get fat. And um, that's where it comes, you know, our kind of um, experiences come into play and we need to get the client into a good mindset first. Yeah, and I think it's just framing it as well, because I, I do have a few clients, um, I'll not mention them, they know who they are if they're listening to this, but I do have a few clients that have kind of got themselves down to a pretty lean level beyond where they thought that they were going to get to. Um, and then when they get there, the thought of increasing calories does sound like there's no chance, but I don't even necessarily think it's that the, it's, it's the, it's the fact that we're increasing calories so they're going to gain loads of weight. I think they trust it, but I think it's actually like a, a wee bit of a limiting belief. So, like, in terms of can they do it, can they get stronger and stuff, because they've never necessarily experienced that. And I think it does come with a bit of experience. So sometimes the in terms of actually accepting it doesn't actually come at the start. You're still apprehensive. It might come a few weeks or a few months into it, and then you actually look at yourself and you go, I'm actually feeling strong. I'm, I've not really gained much body fat at all. Um, and I have kind of, but you do need to be quite consistent with it. And then before you know it, you're actually like, I'm I'm quite into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um I think with someone, you know, most people that's maybe new to training and diet and you know, muscle gaining phases altogether, some everyone at one point in their life has probably tried to diet. Most people anyway, you know, holidays coming up old-fashioned thinking let's cut out carbs let's do this like you know um everyone's done it so dieting's kind of it's not scary for people it's hard work but it's not scary because everyone's like yeah I need, I need to diet I need to I've got a holiday coming up I've got six weeks I need to go on a diet muscle gaining and going into a higher calorie diet is something that a lot of people new to training anyways probably never done or thought about so it is completely new territory so you're absolutely right about you know it can take a few weeks before they start to realize and go I'm actually enjoying this food and I'm not getting fat, and then they start to go, right, okay, this is working, I'm strong, I'm starting to notice wee changes in my body, not just fat loss, but, you know, my arms are looking a wee bit bigger, or whatever it is, and that's when they start to be like, right, okay, I get it, and something will just click, you know, I've done it before as well, um, when I started my, my kind of fitness journey, I was, um, we'll see a couple of slides soon, I was, I was really skinny, so, um, you know, I wouldn't say, I don't want to use the word fortunate not to have to go through a massive fat loss phase, but I've always been the opposite. I have struggled to gain weight. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that when you're on a higher calorie diet and you're gaining that wee bit of muscle and stuff, it's just, it's exciting. So you need to just run with that feeling and you need to just, I think, 
yeah, just as you said, accept it and just enjoy it while while it lasts anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think um, I think with that, obviously, um, the closed-minded people say, well, if you've not experienced the kind of having to kind of lose um, X amount of weight, I think what we are obviously speaking about um, today is about that kind of gaining phase. So probably you more than anyone will be able to resonate with the fact that to to g- deliberately gain weight like is like a, like against the grain completely. Yeah. So it yeah. is a stage by stage thing, which is why I kind of wanted to kind of go through all these kind of different stages. Um. So in terms of like stage stage four, I, I mean I guess it's not really it's not necessarily stage four. It's more just a um, a topic um, around other stages, but um, have the process outlined in your head just in terms of the, the, the time that it takes with your coach um, that you actually might not feel amazing for a while. Uh, maybe not. Maybe at the start, you'll feel probably good in the middle and then you might not feel great at the end, but then that's maybe time to kind of cut back down. So, so know that there is, there's levels to it. There's, there's stages to it. Um, and yeah, just- definitely. There you go. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, again, that's I think that's where the conversation with a coach needs to come in, and that that almost needs to be kind of you need to be a bit mentally prepared for that. Um, it's very exciting at the beginning, or you know, for the first couple of months, and the food's going uneasy, you know, and you're you're stronger, and the bloat's not that bad, but you know, you feel a wee bit more bloated than you were when you're dieting, of course, to eat more food. Um, gets to a stage where you know you're the whole idea of a gaining phase is that you increase calories. Um, every so often um, but yeah there's going to come a point where it's tough there's going to come a point and that this is quite fresh for me right now because I'm probably at this stage and um, there comes a point where the calories will be pretty high and hard to get in and um, with that you know comes the bloat comes a wee bit of a sluggish feeling and um, you're no longer waking up in the mirror and wanting to take pictures of yourself when you do a check in with your coach and um, you're not going to look as maybe lean or as slim as you once did that's no longer the things that we're looking for in checking pictures. So again, that conversation for me needs to be had with the client beforehand to kind of almost prepare um, them for what's to come. And it's it's not to scare you away because it's not a bad face to be in. It's just like you've just said there, that could potentially be when the end is near and you know you might have had enough and then it's time to have a next plan in place or dieting back down. Um, but yeah, it's definitely tough to start waking up in the morning and not to see that your stomach's smaller. You know, like I said before, you're not looking for abs in the mirror anymore. You're looking for other metrics of progress. For me, with my coach and what I do with my clients on a, a gaining phase um, is scale weight. So you're looking for that to increase. That is something that, again, can be a total, excuse my lines, mindfuck for some people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, again, especially for someone that's went through a fat loss phase. And you're trying to, you know, some coaches do still use scale weight for fat loss, which is fine. We don't. But if you have went through a fat loss phase and you're, trying to see the scale weight go down and you're now in a totally new territory where you're trying to see the scale weight go up that that is difficult but it's just having that comfort from your coach and knowing that you know it's maybe a bit of fat but you're gaining muscle of course you were looking for the scales to go up so that's that's tough for people to see um I'm now at the stage that if my scale weight goes down I'm gutted I'm like you're, you're actually joking I'm on like close to 3,000 calories my scale weight's still going down so I know my coach is going to increase my calories again. And I'm like, I physically can't force more food down my throat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, that's when I'm like, right, the end might be soon. Um, but yeah, that's that's an important stage, definitely. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a million different ways to do it as well. I think um, so that's why it's not always going to be like, right, this is exactly how we're going to do it. Like, there's sometimes yeah. I'll go on a on a but you know you talk about like mini cuts and a and a bulk. Can you do it? Sometimes to drop body fat, but also sometimes to bring back um, your appetite as well as yes. you say. Yep. And, and like you say, it's harder to get it's hard to get calories in. But um, those people to give people context, it's hard to get ca- good calories in. You want to feel good. You want to, have to be fueled. Um, yeah. You like it's maybe not hard to eat a Domino's every day and get those calories in. But yeah. like, how's that like, going to make you feel? So I think just putting that in the context, so people don't think. How many calories is she eating? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll go back to the first time I'd done a first kind of gaining phase. Um, and people might have heard this and they might not, but there is such a thing as a, a dirty bulk and a clean bulk. People might yeah. have heard that before. That's what um, I've And again, I know, yeah, <laughs> I know we don't like this. I don't love the phrase bulk either, but, uh, you know, it's just easier. People understand what that means. But, you know, a dirty gaining phase, a clean gaining phase, whatever you want to say, um, the very first time I'd done it, I was like, I'm trying to gain weight, like, I'll eat whatever I want, and I did do that, um, and I did definitely gain probably more fat than I needed to, but I was absolutely fine with that, I was, because I've never been on, I've never had mass, a massive amount of fat to lose, so I was quite happy, I was bigger, I was a bit curvier, I was, you know, my boobs got bigger, um, I, you know, so I was loving it, I was loving life, and um, as much as some people would hate that for me that was my own personal opinion on it so that's what I done the very first time I ever went through a muscle gaining phase definitely took it a wee bit too far with the McDonald's you know um, I'm trying to grow I'm trying to gain muscle I'm trying to gain fat I'll eat what I want did just that gained a lot of muscle gained a good wee bit of fat as well second time round um, I've done it a bit better but this time now that I've got myself a coach it is an absolute clean diet so I'm trying to eat right now 2,900 calories of clean food. And by clean, I mean things like white potato, rice, chicken, fish. You know, there's no things like olive oil, mayonnaise, pasta sauce. It's a very, very, very clean diet. So because I'm eating so clean for the amount of calories I'm on, the amount of food is massive. It's a lot of food to get in. So yes, I could probably eat 3,000 calories in a day or 2,900 in a day with a Domino's, you know, rolls and sausage in the morning, um, sandwiches for lunch, but I'm trying to minimise the fat gain. So by doing, you know, a cleaner um, diet, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep it cleaner. It means that when I then cut back down or diet back down after this phase, I've not got a massive amount of fat to lose. So that's why it's difficult. That's why increasing your calories so much towards the end. You know, my, my body does not need that amount of food to survive. It's more food than my body needs. It's a lot more food than my body needs. So it's very tough to get down because you're at a stage where, you know, for me anyway, my, my scale weight is still going down while I'm on higher calories. So the next thing I do is increase calories again and I'm, I'm not hungry. You know, I'm eating already all this clean food throughout the day. So when it comes to my next meal, um, I've already ate an hour and a half ago, so I'm not hungry for that next meal, but I need to get it in because I know that's what's going to get me to where I want to be. So it's tough, but I know that that's the the, state, the steps that I need to take. So I hope that cleared that up a wee bit. But yeah, if you want to go ahead and eat dongs every day, <laughs> that'd be a lot easier to get the calories well, in. Well, what I was what was actually going to touch on there is like the importance now, like as you said, that of having a coach because 
Like when you don't, regardless of who you are, you make up stories in your head, whether you're dieting, whether you're gaining weight, whether because you justify, you are very good at justifying it. So you said yourself, like, oh, I'm gaining weight. I'm, I'm in a gaining phase. I'm in a bulk. I can do what I want. When you know probably deep down that's not the thing to do, but you just convince yourself of it. And it's the same, yeah. like the opposite end of the spectrum of like people trying to diet. Like, well, I'm, I'm due these three bottles of wine at the weekend because I, 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 I ate 1,200 calories throughout the week. And they start to justify all these stupid kind of mad routines rather than approaching it from like a consistent approach. And like, I think a big thing for this is just having both from a dieting phase and from a... Uh, again in phases is just having those kind of staples in your diet as you said when I outlined that lunch or that snack um you know what is in that it's, it, it comes as no surprise the people that struggle are the ones that tend to kind of go from one food to next food to next food to next food and yes you might yeah. have like some flavors and all that in your diet but see having just that kind of level of kind of you're preempting what like if my fitness pitfall for instance broke down and that's what I say to clients you would know how to get there or thereabouts with, with what you're trying to achieve and just having those staples yeah. in place is so, so important. Yeah, I love that way of thinking, actually. Um, if you're, you know, yeah, you don't want to keep it, you don't want to make it boring, you want to keep it exciting and stuff, but there gets to a point where, you know, you could, if you're dying on 1,600 calories, you could have a McDonald's every day. Let's be honest, you could, but is that the right way to go? Absolutely not. Um, same with going through a muscle gaining phase. I can fit a Domino's in my, di my, my um, diet every single day, but that's absolutely not going to get the results that I want. So it's all about, you know, the sluggish feeling and stuff like that as well. So the food that I'm eating, it's a very good reason. I don't feel sluggish. I don't feel massively bloated. Um, so, you know, if you went the other way, that's I'm not going to get the same, the same outcome. So, yeah, love that. Yeah. Um, and I guess, is this the final stage I've said? Yeah. So final stage, um, if you're watching this on, or if you're looking at this on screen, see some of the stages of kind of Cheryl's kind of um, gaining and indicting phases here. Um, so getting lean um, and revealing what you have built, what you have built. So although um, it's a, a longer process, it's not a process that goes on forever because otherwise you would end up just getting absolutely huge. So yeah. it is, you need to have a, a kind of some sort of like goal, whether it's a weight goal or whatever, that's right, okay, that's my cutoff. For me, it's always about 200 pounds. That's where I've started to come back down the way. Everyone's different. Um, so having those kind of goals set to where, right, okay, that's maybe where I'm at and that's where I, that's where I might want to start kind of dropping things again um, and then revealing slowly what you've actually built up and then that's when you look your best. Yeah, so it, it really is that simple. It's, you know, there's a lot to it, but yeah, you, you go through a muscle gaining phase and then you get to a stage where you've done enough um, you're quite content of where you're at so you then want to start dieting back down again to basically like you said reveal what's underneath the fluff basically um, and you're going to see that's where you see all your hard work isn't it you, you don't really see it through the muscle gain phase you see that your strength is going up and stuff but you know you don't if people that are actually watching this and can see this on the screen that bottom right picture um, where I'm, I'm pretty lean you know you can see my muscles and stuff that, that's what I've built in that muscle gaining phase but I didn't see that um, because I had to diet back down to yeah reveal exactly what all my hard work is done and although that condition there that was for a photo shoot so that's that wasn't massively sustainable I was on you know I was dieting there so that after that stage I then went probably to maintenance calories so I increased my calories slightly to be able to just you know wasn't dieting wasn't gaining I was just kind of yeah at maintenance so um 
that's exactly what you're doing there. You're revealing all your hard work. And that's what then, for me anyway, took me to wanting to do that again and then get better. You'll see, again, sorry if you're listening to this and you can't see, but there's the two middle pictures there, the one at the top. That's the first muscle gain phase I've done. So you can see there's a good bit of fat being added there. Um, and this, the bottom middle picture, again, was another muscle gain phase. And there's, there's not as much fat gain there. And that's because I had built muscle previously. So back to what we spoke about before, where you have built muscle, so your body is then burning more calories just by living. So my body kind of could handle the higher calories at this stage. So again, that's just for me. When I see those pictures, that's a driving force for me to want to do it again. And know that when I get to that stage in the muscle gain phase where I'm like, I want to stop, this is too much, which I went through the last few weeks. I just remind myself of why I'm doing it. It's that end goal and it's that conversation I had myself before I've done it of where I want to be. Um, I know that this stage was going to come and I know that that needs to push through to then get to where I want, you know, what I want to look like, you know, what I want my physique to look like, what I want my performance like to be in the gym. So it's things like this that needs to be the, the kind of motivator, really. Yeah, 100%. I think I, I agree with everything there. I think um, in terms of if you are looking at this on, on screen, you will see a, a clear a clear difference. And I think it does, it shows you visually what you can expect each time you do it you're just those those improvements that's what you're looking for each time you do it every time you cut down we're not saying everyone has to go down to like photo shoot shape or anything like that either but at the same time you just you just want to kind of constantly chip away at it rather than just constantly be on a diet constantly have a reason for what you're doing and have a purpose and that's obviously what we what we kind of touched on um so i've got a few kind of questions here um so first one was uh so potential problems gym intimidation so this is kind of linked to this so obviously a big thing for because for females is that you can you can get lean um without necessarily having to do loads of resistance training and stuff and let's say you were going to kind of classes or whatever even if they use some weights i think sometimes the thought of going into the weights room or whatever themselves can be extremely, and for guys, to be honest as well, but majority of females um, can be very scary. Um, I know that there'll be a few listening to this that can resonate with this, which is why I wanted to ask it. How did you find this and, and how did you overcome it? So I'll take myself back to before I knew how to train. Um, and honestly, I, I got a coach. I got a coach and I made a plan and I had a goal. Um, by having a coach to begin with, you know, learning how to exercise properly, learning how and when to increase my weights. Um, you know, someone who's never been to a gym or in their life or has never weight trained in their life and never had a coach, they're not going to go into, let's be honest, well, most people aren't going to go into the weights area and stand there and go for a PB or, you know, put themselves under that pressure of, can I lift this weight? What if I drop it on me? You need to have some level of knowledge before you can even do that. So for me, and you know, I'll get some clients that come to us and they want to go, um, want to be a kind of an online client, but they have absolutely zero gym experience, absolutely nothing. Um, and although, you know, as an online coach, you can help someone along the way, but someone needs that kind of, you need that confidence to be standing there with someone that's showing you what to do before you can even think about entering that kind of, you know, it's, it's scary, that kind of weights area. 
standing there lifting weights, you already don't know what you're doing. You don't you don't know if that weight's right. If you know you've got three sets of fifteen, is it do I lift a six or do I lift a seven or do I lift a twenty? Like someone has no idea what they're doing. So for me, getting a coach takes all that thinking away from you until you get to a level of confidence and right, I know what I'm doing. I've got a plan here, look at my plan. I know the last time I was with my coach, I lifted this weight, so I'm going to do that again this time. Um, and honestly, just just repeating that process until you've got, got yeah, the confidence to just walk into that weight area and know what you're doing. But yeah, that, that would be my advice to someone would be to, to have a coach, um, have a plan in place and have a goal. Yeah, and, and what would you say, because um, I've had a few clients that I'm online clients and um, they've actually came into this gym that you see behind me um, as a one-off session just to see how they how they how they go um and they're far better than probably they made out to be um and they have that ability there and so how would you frame it to them in terms of like it's still like even I can think of a client that I did train offline um in the gym and stuff and she um is got into got into great shape and still is in great shape but like she still has this goal niggling away at her but it's that kind of gym intimidation factor even if you have the knowledge there is there anything you've experienced yourself or with other clients that you feel as if um helps people um with with that barrier so if, if we're talking about, do you mean just like for lifting weights and stuff and just like, for example, going for maybe a weight they've never done before, something they've like, never done? Like, so let's say, for instance, you say a client that you're, you're, you're actually, you're ready to be yourself, but they still have that kind of level of self-doubt and things. Do you think just breaking it, breaking it down to them in terms of like, right, well, here's what we're going to do. I know you can, I know you can manage that and just gradually um, building it up from there. Um, and just rather than kind of throwing them in at the deep end, try to get PB, PBs every yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have the same situation with you with the gym and stuff. We we allow our, our online clients to come in and use our gym um, and get their form checked and stuff like that and make sure that they're doing stuff right. And I actually did have this other day with a client that texted me saying that she... Um, asked her how she was pushing herself in the gym she's this is an online client I've actually never met um and she I said to her how's your um what's the word they used how is your intensity when you're training um do you think feel like you're pushing yourself and she was like I do feel like I'm doing well but I do feel like I could probably do a wee bit more but I just I feel like I don't really know how to push myself and I'm on my own almost so with her it was it was I think it was some sort of lift that she was trying to get a heavy weight on um she just took a weight, she just took weights and went into a wee area in the gym where she was on her own. And she just done a, a full workout there. So there was no one about. And I know it's that, that whole gym intimidation thing where you want to be able to go down into that weight area and train in front of other people. But she took a set of dumbbells, a barbell and something else into the, you know, the rooms that you can go in a gym on your own, train yeah. on your own. Yeah. Done that. And she'd lifted heavier weights than she'd actually done ever. And she'd done it quite easily as well. And she was, she actually did admit, she was like, I probably have just been, you know, letting the fact that there's other people watching me stop me from doing that. So now that she knew that she could do that, she then went into the gym the rest of the week and lifted heavier than she's ever done before. Um, but that as well as um, go to the gym when it's not as busy, go at an off-peak time. You know, stand there when it's a wee bit less busy and there's not as many people there and try something new. Um, do that a few times and then the next time you go and maybe it's five o'clock at night when everyone's finished work and that will grow your confidence a wee bit as well 
Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I wanted to kind of touch on and, and, and kind of speak about was confidence. That's it, there's there's stages to everything. So even if even if even if I was to say to a client you're ready to do it, that doesn't mean they say that they will or they'll be confident yeah. doing it. So it's just breaking down the barriers, lowering the ask a wee bit and saying, right, instead of just jumping next to the guy who's got the stringer vest on, let's say uh, pull pull a couple of um pull a couple of dumbbells away or whatever, take it to a separate room. Um, try and get that intensity up to a seven, eight out of ten at least, and push, yep. push like to something you've maybe not pushed before. Um, and and when they do that, they realize, God, this is what training actually feels like. And this is that's yep. definitely what I found when I had a couple of clients in here. Um, is that they're like, God, actually, this is the hardest session I've had, and it's the same, it's the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's trying to explain that whole thing of, you know, you give someone a training plan, they've got three sets of 15 of something. If you can do three sets of 15 with that weight that you're using, it's time to up the weight. You know, you, yeah. you shouldn't be on your third set, on your 15th rep and getting that rep. Um, it's difficult to explain this to someone, but you you should be on your third set of something. You, you know, your 10th rep should be hard. You should be getting to 11, maybe 12. And that's intensity. If you've got, you know, 15 reps on three sets, you need to go heavier. That's that's how I put it to clients anyway. Yeah, I, I think that's it. If you get if you get to the top end of any rep range, if it's six to eight, if it's eight to ten, if it's uh, ten to 12, whatever whatever rep range you've been given, if you get to the end of it, certainly on a consistent basis, and you could probably manage one or two more. That is that is your the weight is too the weight is too light. And then yeah. increase that. So I mean, there's loads of different ways you could do it, which I don't necessarily want to go in in terms of like pause reps and all that sort yeah. of slower negatives and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think once you have the foundations there to be able to lift the weight and, and press without kind of the dumbbell dropping in your face, just gradually <laughs> increasing the weight is um, you need to have those foundations there in order to do that. So I think it's just gradually building it up. Um, when, I, when I used to go to the pure gym where Chris worked. Um, he was, you know, sometimes I'd rely on him coming over and giving me a spot. But see if he was busy with a client, I would genuinely ask, and I know everyone's not going to do this, but I would genuinely ask random people in the gym to come spot me. <laughs> I think people would see me come in and be like, oh, thank God, she's going to come ask me again. But I would just, I would ask everyone to come give me a spot because I just knew I was going for a weight. And I just, you know, I, I, to be honest, I've never massively had intimidation going into a gym because when I started going, I did have a coach from the get-go. So I built up my confidence. It was Chris that was my coach. I built up my confidence there. So going on my own, it wasn't as scary. Um, but when he wasn't free, I used to just ask anyone that was standing beside me, the staff and everything, even the cleaner, I'd be like, can you come and spot me? <laughs> I want to get this weight. <laughs> say, uh, the cleaner. Um, right, so we've got... How many questions have we got left? So I'll... We'll go through these two and then I'll bulk this one with the other ones that I was going to ask you, right? So yep. uh, what holds, we don't need to spend too long on this because um, I'm aware of time as well. So what holds females back from a gaining phase uh, in your experience? We've kind of already answered that, um, but was there anything else that you wanted to kind of say? Yeah, so for me, I get clients that want to go into a gaining phase and say, but I've got a holiday in three months' time. And I'm like, uh, okay, right. so it's not enough time. So it's the time and the aspect of, oh, I don't want to be going through a gaining phase when I've got a holiday, I need to wear a bikini. So it's it's going to take time and they usually always have something coming up that they're not willing to sacrifice how they look or feel for that event. That's my that, that's definitely my um, experience with my own clients. Um, 
yeah, I know, but I've got some other now, so I don't really know, and you need to be able to sacrifice that. And yeah, the, the length of time that it takes, definitely for me. Um, that's my biggest thing, trying to get through to someone, is that you do need to go through some uncomfortable phases at some point. Um, you know, holidays or not, your goals need to be more important. Um, so yeah, you could do it, but, it, you know, with a gaining phase, the, the longer the better. So yeah. time-wise, and yeah, just feel, having that uncomfortable feeling of, you know, having a night out with the girls and putting a dress on and maybe not feeling your best. Yeah, and and the thing is, if you do it right, it's not as if you're going to gain a whole bunch of fat anyway. So going on holiday, yeah, you'll still exactly. you potentially look look better and yeah. have more shape yeah. to you as well. Um, yeah. So potential problems, advice uh, when someone gets lean but doesn't have much interest. Um, yeah, so we kind of said this as well, but like to someone who would you say this is probably a lot more of a limiting belief more than anything else? Like, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's sorry it's yeah it's what we said earlier on about unfamiliar territory for someone. Um, you know they've got to a phase in their life where they've lost fat and they're like, okay, that's me. I'm happy. Um, but yeah, what's next then? What what does come next? You know you can't diet forever. Um, you can't stay on the same calories forever. You then you want to be able to increase calories and still diet. So we need yeah. to go into a marketing phase. So yeah, that all needs to be definitely discussed with the client. Um. That's something we discuss with clients that even go through a fat loss phase as well. So I think getting that getting that kind of into their mind from the get-go is important as well, rather than just yeah. going to be dying forever. I think I think in my experience, and this is probably going to be a bit, be, be a bit deeper, but in my experience with humans, like we we strive for growth, uh, whether it's professionally or whatever. Like, see, I, when I have clients and they'll speak about like the jobs and st- stuff that are getting, oh, this one's got. That's what I'm getting five more grand for for this one, but I'm not sure like the travel and all that. And I'm like, don't do it. Like I promise you, like five grand, what you've noticed, ten grand, what you've noticed eventually, if that's the pure reason why you're doing it. So yeah. like when when there's when there's all these things at play, um, you can start to look at the the wrong things rather than looking at the the growth of what you're doing you're looking at the, the outcome so the fancy stuff comparing money to fat loss or or whatever it is like you're looking at the fancy stuff rather than looking at like the kind of long-term growth that you're looking for and actually learning i don't i don't hate the saying because it's so true but just learning to actually enjoy the journey because yeah yeah what you realize is that when you look back at the journey you were going through you're like, i was actually really enjoying that i was enjoying like uh looking at my looking at my steps or having to do this and even if it's a diet phase and stuff as well like having to do all these little intricacies intricacies yeah. you couldn't do it forever but like you enjoy the process more than the outcome itself a lot of the time so I guess yeah. just be engrossed in the growth of it as well rather than just purely just being outcome focused outcome focused outcome focused because it will just seem so much further away all the time yeah totally agreed um so Oh, Christ, that, uh, my iPad's just ran out of charge and that's what the other questions are. Um, but uh, the other questions were, um, if you could give yourself advice before COVID hit, what would it be? And I'll go, I'll, I'll say, say that one first. We'll go that one first and then I'll add okay. the, the last couple. Okay, so this is so cheesy and I know it sounds very cheesy, but to get out of my comfort zone, for me, when I look back at what I was actually just doing, I was just honestly just sauntering through life, like just getting by in a job that it was okay. I kind of, you know, got a wee promotion and it was, you know, a wee bit more money and 
it was just enough for me to get by and you know be kind of happy and yeah I was all right you know just done average stuff enjoyed the gym didn't ever try and you know learn something new or wake up every day with a purpose and again another very cheesy saying but it is so true when I wake up now and I go and do this job um, that I'm doing it's it's not a job it's something that I absolutely love and it's it is something I'm passionate about um, and that would I would never have done that if it wasn't for lockdown I probably I honestly am scared to say that I don't even think I would have done it um, if it wasn't for that happening because it freed up my time um, and I took that kind of leap and you know Chris was freed up and he uh, sorry needed the help and you know he was in the house because gyms were shut and stuff and um, it happened and it couldn't it could have pro- probably been the best thing that we've actually done and lockdown was hard for a lot of people but for us that's it changed our lives massively and um, so I was very much living in my comfort zone so for me it's doing something you know you, you want to do but you're probably scared and you know we had this conversation earlier but it's just, you know, having a safety blanket almost and not really truly being happy. Like, you need to weigh up those options. So, yeah, for me, it's it's not to be comfortable. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, get get comfortable with the, with the uncomfortable. Yeah, 100%. Um, and the other ones where what is... So, I think it was kind of, it was kind of two we'd said. So, um, so in terms of a, a bulk, first of all, or a gaining phase or just in general... What are your top three recommend? Not your favorite, but your top three recommended lifts um, to to people. Females go so, go females. Uh, number one has to be a deadlift. Um, that would be recommended to everyone. Number two would be um, either flat bench press, or I know I'm saying or instead of making this my third one. But I'm thinking of a pushing movement here. So a flat bench press or an um, overhead dumbbell press. Um, and the reason for that is because a lot of females think they don't like training upper body until they start training upper body. See, when they start getting strong with that, what, what I've experienced in my clients anyway is that they actually prefer it. Females feel so strong being able to have strong arms. And, you know, females will always go, oh, I'm so weak. And it's because they've never trained upper body for a long period of time. And yep. they eventually love it more. Um, so there's a lot of my clients, you know, they, they always have a number um, on their training log of what they want to get to focus on, you know, for a PB. So some sort of pushing movement, definitely. Um, deadlift, and it's got to be a squatting motion. And I don't mean a barbell squat, that's actually don't even back squat, but like a hat squat or even like a dumbbell split squat, something like that. Um, it's going to actually, you know, absolutely exhaust you. It's a compound movement. It's something that you're going to see progress with quicker. Um, it's something you're going to it's going to actually kind of change your physique rather than just like a, a dumbbell sideways which is my favorite <laughs> yeah yeah okay so so on that then uh there's so we'll go exercises and food so first of all the the three exercises if you could only do three for the rest of your life uh these don't need to be optimal but if you could only do three for the rest of your life what would they be and if you could only eat three meals for the rest of your life what would they be okay so three exercises dumbbell sideways don't even question that the burn that you get for a dumbbell sideways is second to none like I could do them every day um a bicep curl so fixed bar dumbbell bicep curl because again like the pump you get from that straight away is amazing like I'll do arms if I know I'm going out that night <laughs> so no good guy thing in it um so a bicep curl dumbbell shoulder raise and a hip thrust definitely okay. cool uh, and, and food, food? So three foods that I want I could eat for the rest of my life. Yeah. Oh, this is tough. 
So this is where this is, people people are quite quick with other stuff, and then see as soon as it comes to the foods for the rest of their life, everyone just goes blank. Yeah, no, draw it's um draw it's quite hard about it. See now because my calories are higher, I'm never hungry, so I'm never really thinking about food. Right. Um, so the thought of food doesn't like really excite me now because like I'm at that stage where food's like a struggle for me. But <laughs> my number one is going to be toast. Just toast and butter, like un- unreal. Like I could have that for breakfast every day if I could. Um toast and then this doesn't have to be food off my plan, does it? Toast isn't on my plan anyway. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't necessarily need to, need to be. Right, okay, that's fine. That makes it easier then. So oh, it's going to be all carbs in it. But toast, um spaghetti bolognese. At least give us one fitness one. Oh <laughs> okay. Um right, I'll go honestly. Probably a bagel with scrambled egg. That's kind of cut, you know. That's kind of fitness. That is on my plan. So bagel with scrambled egg, um, spaghetti bolognese, and just plain old toast with butter on it. Unreal. Toast is my number one, though, hundred percent. Aye, you actually can't beat a bit of toast and butter. To be fair. Oh, love it. Um, I, I think that's I think that's us. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you if- for having me. People are looking to find you. Where do they find you? Most likely on Instagram, I would assume. Yes, um, Instagram mostly, yes. Yeah. So Cheryl underscore the Glasgow PT. And you'll see all my shenanigans on there. Okay, perfect. Um, so if you've made it this far, then be sure to screenshot this, rate the podcast, even just message us, let us know what you thought of it. Um, because I always say at the end of this, I should really say at the start, but if you have made it this far, you've obviously taken something away from it. So we would love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming on and we will see you in the next one. Cheers. Thank you.